Welcome to our third week of online-only services. I want to begin by saying thanks for all your many prayers and all your words of encouragement and love and support over these past few weeks. You are an amazing church family. Uh, It has been such a blessing to hear how your faith in God and your obedience to God and your love for God and those around you for your brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus is continuing to grow in these challenging times. As I am sure you remember, God's verse for our church family this year is Psalm 37 and verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. As I shared back on January 5th, God wants us to pray and obey this verse in this new year because God's going to use this verse to challenge us, to encourage us, to grow us, and to prepare us for all that he has in store for us in this year. And we know that God has been faithfully doing this already. God wants us to take delight in him. He wants us to be glad in him, to rejoice in him. He wants us to find our joy and our significance and our sufficiency in him. Little did I know when I shared these words 84 days ago, how real and relevant this verse would be for us today. Listen, as we all know, the struggle is real. Anxiety, discouragement, exhaustion, Fear, frustration are battling for the control of our minds like never before on a day-by-day basis. Our enemy Satan is at work on us trying to pull us away from God, from the truth of God's word, and from one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So let's be sure to remember that life is too much for us. God gives us more than we can handle every day so that we will turn to him and trust in him and take delight in him by the power of his Holy Spirit at work in us. Remember, we are able to be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength on a day-by-day basis. And so I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be back in this amazing passage as we study God's Word together this morning. We are continuing in our sermon series titled, Walking Wisely. Paul wrote these amazing words to us years and years ago. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, Paul wrote these words, Pay careful attention then to how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is. And do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. These were words of wisdom that the believers in the church in Ephesus needed to hear and apply in their lives years ago. And these are words of wisdom we need to hear and apply in our lives today. And so as we hear and apply these words, we're able to walk wisely. 
We walk wisely as we understand the truth of God's word and as we put the truth of God's word into practice in our lives each day by the power of his Holy Spirit living in us. You see, God wants us to walk in the truth of his word. God wants us to live what we learn from his word day by day. And as we've already seen in our study of this amazing passage over these past few weeks, Walking wisely means we need to be careful. Walking wisely means we need to be clear. Walking wisely means we need to be controlled. As Paul said in verse 18, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. We got off to a great start in our study of this passage last Sunday. Paul told us it is unwise, it is a waste of the time that God gives us, and it is certainly not the Lord's will for us to be drunk with wine. Drunkenness leads to reckless living. That means debauchery. It means a life abandoned by wisdom and godliness and self-control. The person who is drunk with wine is under the control, influence, and power of the alcohol. We know God's word clearly tells us that drunkenness is a sin. It doesn't please God, honor God, or glorify God in any way. And so Paul simply said, don't get drunk with wine or stop getting drunk with wine. Paul then highlighted the contrast in this verse 18 as he followed this negative admonition with a positive command for us in verse 18. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Be filled means to fill to the top. It means to supply liberally. It means to take possession of and so to control. The person who is filled by the Holy Spirit of God is under the control, influence, and power of the Holy Spirit of God. And that's a great place for us to be as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So let's look at a few points about this command to be filled by the Spirit. First, be filled by the Spirit speaks to blessings. We are blessed by God as we are filled by the Spirit of God. The late great pastor Adrian Rogers shared an illustration one time that he used to highlight the blessings for us of being filled by the Holy Spirit of God. He said, imagine a person buys a brand new car. And I mean, this car is loaded. It's got all the bells and whistles. It is clean from the front to the back, from the top to the bottom. And this person invites all their friends to come and to look at the car. And their friends come and they look at the car. And this person says, you can, wa you can walk around the car and check it out. You can sit in the car. You can even get in so you can smell the new smell that comes with new cars. And all the friends agreed, this is a fantastic new car. What a beautiful new car. Friends left. And then he said, this owner began to push the car everywhere he went. He pushed the car wherever he went, and in a short period of time, the owner was exhausted. And the owner realized that the car was a burden rather than a blessing. Until one of the owner's friends told them about the ignition. 
and how if they simply put the car in drive, the car will move forward with great power and ease. Adrian Rogers said, some Christ followers are like the owner of that car initially. They have been saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. They have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in them. God placed his Holy Spirit in them the moment he saved them by his grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And yet they are pushing and pushing and pushing, trying to live the Christian life in their strength and wisdom. They are trying hard to be better and to do better each day, all through the day. And they are pushing and trying to live the Christian life in their power. And they are exhausted. And they are beginning to think to themselves, the Christian life is more of a burden than it is a blessing. You see, that Christ follower is not walking in the blessing and power of the Holy Spirit of God. As Christ followers, we have the Holy Spirit. He lives in us and he is our dynamic power source given to us by God. He lives in us and he empowers us to live the Christian life in victory and not defeat. He empowers us to give our lives to Jesus, to grow in our faith in Jesus, and to go for Jesus in ministry to those that God places around us on a day-by-day basis. Being filled by the Spirit allows us to understand, allows us to know when we are filled by and with the Holy Spirit, we realize that the Christian life and our spiritual growth and maturity is a blessing for us and not a burden to us. Be filled by the Spirit speaks to blessings. Be filled by the Spirit speaks to obedience. Be filled is an imperative. It's a command for us to obey every day all through the day, as we shared in detail last week. We know that this is a command for us to obey. Now, we also know God is the one who fills us by and with his Holy Spirit as we surrender ourselves to him day by day. Surrendering ourselves to God includes humbly bowing before God day by day, throughout the day, confessing our sins to God, filling our minds with the word of God, praying throughout each day, God, help me to get out of your way so that you can have your way in me and with me and through me and around me. Being filled by the Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit of God means every area of our life belongs to God. Being filled by the Spirit means the Holy Spirit lives in us and He is in charge of us. He is in charge of every area of our lives. He is in charge of our families. He's in charge of our finances. He's in charge of our friendships. He's in charge of our relationships. He's in charge of our marriages. He's in charge of our school life. He's in charge of our sex life. He's in charge of our thought life. He's in charge of our work life. Every single area of our lives is under the leadership, the influence, and the control of the Holy Spirit of God when we are filled by the Spirit. This means we are not keeping the controls and the leadership of one area of our lives for ourselves and yielding everything else to God. No, it means all areas of our lives belongs to God. 
The Holy Spirit lives in us, and he's in charge of us, every area of our lives. Being filled by and with the Holy Spirit enables us to walk in the victory that is ours in Christ Jesus every day, no matter who or what comes our way. And so we understand the importance of this positive affirmation, this positive command, but be filled by the Spirit speaks to our blessings as followers of Jesus Christ. It speaks to our obedience as followers of Jesus Christ. Be filled by the Spirit also speaks to service, to service. As we all understand and we reap the blessings of this every day in every way. God saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. God breathed spiritual life into our spiritually dead bodies when he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. God, understand, follow me now, God saved us from sin and God saved us for the Savior. God saved us from death and God saved us for life for new life, abundant life, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Listen, we are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. God wants us to be filled by his spirit so that we can be a blessing to those he places around us. God wants us to be filled by his spirit so that we can do the good works he's prepared in advance for us to do as we minister to those he places around us. God wants us to be filled by his spirit so that we can serve those he places around us. God wants us to be filled by his spirit so that we can share the good news of the gospel with those he places around us. You see, the Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us to bless others and to comfort others and to encourage others and to forgive others and to help others and to love others and to pray with others and to pray for others and to serve others and to teach others the truth of God's word and to tell others about Jesus. And so we know that be filled by the Spirit speaks to our responsibility to serve and to minister to those God placed around us. I like what one pastor said. He said, when you are filled by the Spirit of God, you know it and everyone around you knows it. And I certainly think there's truth in that statement. When we are filled by the Spirit, we were filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we know it. We are walking and living in his power, not ours, in victory, not defeat, in encouragement and not discouragement, though times are certainly challenging uh, every step of our way. But we also know as we are filled by the Spirit, those around us know because they are able to be blessed by God through us as he does his work in and through our lives. Now, Paul was such a good friend to us that he shared with us here in this passage some daily results that should be a part of us as we are filled by the Spirit of God. These are some daily results that should be seen in and through and around us as a result of us being filled by the Spirit. Now, we mentioned last week, just real briefly, uh, that when we're filled by the Spirit of God, we will overflow with the fruit of the Spirit of God, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. So we know when we are filled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is at work in us, and, and the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work and control and influence and power in our lives is the fruit of the Spirit uh, that is being produced in us by the Holy Spirit overflows out of our lives onto all those God places around us. And Paul here, again, in this passage now, he's going to share with us 
uh, some real specific results that should be seen in and through our lives, uh, which happens when we are filled by the Spirit. So let's continue to read in verse 19. Beginning in verse 18, and so do not be, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. Paul shared five present participles with us in this passage. Speaking, singing, making music, giving thanks, and submitting. These present participles are actions that should be seen in and through our lives regularly on a day in and day out basis throughout each day. And so let's take a deeper dive into this passage so that we can glean God's truth for our lives and so that we can see kind of as we, we look at ourselves in a mirror as the Holy Spirit of God takes the word of God and he places it before us. He has, begins to speak to us to allow us to understand what we're doing that we need to do, what we're doing that we don't need to do, and how uh, we are able to be changed by his power at work in us. So we see this first point, this first result is real simple. A Christ follower who is filled by and with the Spirit of God will overflow with joyfulness. They will overflow with joyfulness. Now this overflowing joyfulness will be expressed in two ways. First, a spirit-filled believer, a follower of Jesus Christ who is filled by and with the Holy Spirit of God will overflow in joyful speech. Overflow in joyful speech. Don't miss this. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking. The very first word after the command to be filled by the Spirit is speaking. Speaking means our speech, our words. Speaking literally means to use our voice to talk, to tell, to teach, to use our voice to make a sound, to use our voice to speak. Paul said, speaking to one another, one another obviously refers to our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. So here's what Paul's telling us. The very first way that we can tell whether a follower of Jesus Christ, whether our brother or sister is filled with the spirit of God is by listening to the words they speak. Ouch! Ouch! I'm sure if we were all here gathered together, we would all shout, ouch! Go ahead and shout it in your own room. Right there, wherever you're watching with us. This is a convicting truth. This is an important truth. We need to understand that we and others around us are able to tell whether or not we are filled by the spirit or by the flesh by simply listening to the words that we speak. This makes sense when we think back to Jesus who told us out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so once again, Paul is affirming what we've seen throughout the word of God. And that is simply this, our words provide others with a great opportunity to see a reflection 
of what is going on with us spiritually, of who is in charge of us spiritually, of how we are walking at that point in time. Now let me just give you a couple of words in which we need to be sure that we're speaking. And this could be an entire sermon series on its own, but, but we'll just uh, summarize it in this way this morning, give you a couple of points here to, to focus on and to jot down as you're taking notes. Number one, we need to speak biblical words to one another. We need to make sure that we're speaking biblical words to one another. Paul's already told us earlier in chapter four, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. Paul told us in Colossians chapter three, we need to let the word of Christ dwell among us richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Paul told Timothy, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful, it's profitable for teaching us, rebuking us, correcting us, and training us in righteousness. We need to speak biblical words to one another. Why? Because biblical words build us up according to our needs and they bless those who are listening to us in our conversations with one another. Biblical words are wise words. Biblical words teach us and rebuke us and correct us and train us in righteousness so that we, men and women of God, uh, so that we will all be able uh, to be equipped and ready and able to do all that God has prepared in advance for us to do. We need to speak biblical words to one another. Secondly, we need to speak encouraging words to one another. The writer of Hebrews told us in Hebrews chapter 3 uh, that we're to encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. So there's a few things. We need to encourage one another daily. So we need to make sure that we're speaking encouraging words to one another especially in these times as husbands and wives and as parents with our children, as siblings with one another. We need to speak encouraging words to one another, but not just once a day. Uh, it's not good just to wake up and, and to speak an encouraging word to them or wait after you've had your coffee and your breakfast and you're not so much as, as grumpy as you are when you first get up or you've had your Diet Coke or whatever it is that has, that has to get you alive and, and going in the morning and, and wait till like lunch to speak that encouraging word. And thank you have done your good deed for the day and you fulfilled the word of God. No, it says encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. That means every day, all through the day, that we're to continually look for opportunities and ways that we are to speak encouraging words to one another. Why? Because encouraging words from one another help us to say no to sin and yes to the Savior. Help us to resist being hardened by sin's deception. Helps us, those encouraging words, those biblical words, help us from being lured away from God by our enemy and his lies, accusations, and temptations. It is so important to speak biblical encouraging words to one another, especially today because of all the changes and challenges that have been brought on because of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. It's so important for us to speak God's word to one another. You know, the most biblical words are encouraging words, and the most encouraging words are biblical words. They go hand in hand. It's so important for us to speak God's word with one another and to one another. 
It's important for us to remind one another not to let the word of God depart from our mouths, but to meditate on it day and night so that we may be careful to do everything written in this word because then we'll be prosperous and successful spiritually. It's important to remind us that we're not to be discouraged or terrified or afraid of anything because the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. It's important for us to remind one another to lift up our eyes to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from our heavenly father. He is is watching over us. He will neither sleep nor slumber. He will watch over our coming and our going both today and forevermore. It's so vitally important for us to remind one another of the word of God because God will keep in perfect peace the mind that is steadfast on him because it is trusting in him. It's important for us to remind one another to keep the Lord in mind always because he is at our right hand and we will not be shaken by what's going on throughout the day. It's important for us to remind one another of the word of God so that we can remember and know that God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness and therefore we can boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses because Christ's power rests on us. It's important to remind one of the word of God so that we are reminded and know that in all things at all times having all that we need God will help us to abound in every good work. It's important for us to remind one another of the truth of God's word that God will meet all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus that we need to cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us, that we don't need to be anxious about anything, but we need to pray about everything. It's important for us to speak God's word to one another, the biblical encouraging words of the word of God to one another, and to remind each of us that God is in us and with us and watching over us, that God will bring everything that we deal with according to his purpose at work in us, and he'll bring good out of it for us. That God is greater Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. We need to speak biblical encouraging words to one another every day, all through the day. Secondly, a spirit-filled believer will overflow first in joyful speech. They will overflow as well in joyful song. Paul's focus here is really on the songs we sing, the songs that should be deep within our hearts and that should come out of our mouths to our awesome and mighty heavenly father. Paul said in verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in our hearts to the Lord. So let's look at this. Psalms means a piece of music sung with musical accompaniment. The Psalms oftentimes uh, were from the Old Testament book of songs, many of them written by the psalmist David. And these Psalms were sung by believers uh, and they declared the power of God and the deliverance of God of the people of God in their times of trouble and trial and difficulty. These Psalms would go forth from the followers of Jesus Christ. These believers gathered in the church in Ephesus. Not only songs, but hymns. Hymns meant a, a song of praise to God, a song of honor to God. The hymns most often declared the greatness of God, the glory of God, the majesty of God. We think of Mary in the Gospel of Luke. Mary burst forth with a hymn of praise to God when she heard from the angel of God that she was going to give birth to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. As she heard the news and as she believed, she burst forth in a magnificent hymn of praise to God. So we have psalms, 
hymns, and spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are simply songs of praise and honor and glory to God prompted by the Holy Spirit in us as followers of Jesus Christ. So we're going to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing, singing means singing. It means using our voice to make sounds of praise and honor and glory to God. And it's okay. It doesn't say singing well and making music. It doesn't say singing excellent. It just simply says singing, which is good news for all of us. Whether you can sing or not, it's okay. God loves the praise of his people who worship him in spirit and in truth. It's okay if you're a jailhouse singer, always behind a few bars and can't ever find the right key. That's okay. Join in with the choir. We all sing. We're singing our praise and our honor and our glory to God, singing and making music, or your translation may read, making melody. That means to strike, to pluck, or to play an instrument. Singing and making music in our hearts. Our heart speaks to the deepest part of who we are biblically. Speaks to our personality, our intellect, our, our will. As Solomon told us, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. It's the wellspring of our spiritual life. And so what Paul is encouraging us is our psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, all of our singing is to come from deep inside of us, out of a heart of love and of praise and of joyfulness to God because of all that he has done in us and with us and all that he's done, doing for us and around us. And we're singing and making music in our hearts to the Lord. Our songs and our music is to praise and honor and glorify God. I want you to see three things about our joyfulness in song. Number one, our joyfulness in song is to God. He is our creator, our redeemer, our savior, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is our authority. He is our all in all. And so our songs of praise, our music is to our awesome and almighty God. Our joyfulness in song is private and public. First, our joyfulness in song is to God. Our joyfulness in song is private and public. The Spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ will burst forth in songs of praise and honor and glory to God when they are spending their time alone with God day by day throughout the week. Maybe for you, like it is for myself, there'll be those times when you're alone with the Father and you're driving from place A to place B and you put on praise and worship and you just start singing and shouting your praise to the Lord. Or maybe you just go for it a cappella and you just go for it singing praise and honor and glory to God. Spirit-filled believers will also burst forth with songs of praise and honor and glory to God when we are gathered together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus for corporate worship. And without question, uh, one of the, the greatest challenges during this time of worshiping together online is, is not being able to be together in this room together, uh, singing our praises to our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, singing our praises to King Jesus as brothers and sisters in Christ together, led by our amazing praise team and praise band. And we look forward so much with expectation and anticipation of coming back together again to sing our praises together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. I hope and pray you're 
continuing your choir practice and your time away and alone in these days. Because when we get back together, it's going to be an awesome concert of praise and glory to our Father. Our joyfulness in song is to God. Our joyfulness in song is both private and public. Our joyfulness in song is for us and for others. We worship God in song, which allows us to praise God. We worship in God in song, which encourages us to stay focused on God. As we worship God in song, it fills us with confidence in God. As we worship God in song, it motivates us to continue to trust in God. But as we worship God in song, it helps others to praise God. As we worship God in song, it helps others to stay focused on God. As we worship God in song, it fills others with confidence in God. As we worship God in song, it motivates others to continue to trust in God. You see, our worship of God in song is for us and for others. Let me share an example from the Old Testament and the New Testament. You'll be familiar with these examples, but real quickly, an Old Testament example of this and a New Testament example of this. Our Old Testament example is our good friend Davis, David, the, the psalmist of Israel. In Psalm chapter 40, if you want to turn to your left real quick and turn to Psalm chapter 40, I'll wait for just a moment. David wrote this psalm uh, of praise uh, to God for the people of God to sing together in corporate worship. And this is a psalm of thanksgiving and, and praise to God. It's also a song of crying out to help for God in, in times of trouble, which is certainly appropriate for us today. And Psalm chapter 40, David wrote these words. I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and heard my cry for help. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and he set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth a hymn of praise to our God. Many, say that with me, many will see and fear and they will trust in the Lord. Notice David sang a song of praise and honor and glory to God. David praised God for his mercy and God's power, which allowed God and allowed David to know that God heard his prayer. He answered his prayer and he rescued David from the desolate pit that he was in. He set David back up on a firm footing, on firm ground to where he could stand and continue to serve the Lord. David praised God. David said, God put a new song, a hymn of praise in my mouth. And you see, David said, many will see and fear, and they will trust in the Lord. And so as David sang this song of praise to God, he sang his praise to God. He sang this new song, this song of praise to God. He declared privately and publicly his praise and his joyfulness and his honor and his glory to God, knowing that many will see and fear, and they'll trust in the Lord. You see, David understood that his joyfulness in song was for himself and for those around him. And the same is true for us. Listen, my brother and sister in Christ Jesus, you know this. Man, the more we get into this word and the more we take time to, to focus on God, the more we take time to meditate on the truth of this word, the more we take time to spend time with the Lord in prayer, the more we are filled with just an awareness of how awesome our God is. And he puts a, a new song in him of praise in our hearts to declare his greatness and his glory and his goodness, and his majesty for us and for all those around us. 
And our, our New Testament example, if you turn back over to the New Testament, you will look and turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. Our New Testament example is with our good friends, Paul and Silas. As we're turning to Acts 16, I'll give you a quick background. Paul and Silas, at this point in time, Luke tells us that Paul and Silas were ministering in the town of Philippi. Uh, they were going around ministering there, and there was a young girl who had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. She was making a lot of money for her owners, and she was also causing trouble for Paul and Silas as they ministered there in Philippi. And so finally, one day, Paul had enough, and he turned, and he cast the spirit out of the young girl, uh, which took away her ability to predict the future, and it did not make her owners happy. They got upset because they realized a, a very strong revenue stream had just been lost because this young girl could no longer predict the future. So they got obviously upset with Paul and Silas and they grabbed hold of them and they brought them before the chief magistrate. They made false, false accusations against them. The chief magistrate uh, sentenced them to be severely flogged. That means to be severely beaten. And then he ordered them to be thrown into the prison, into the jail, and into the deepest part of the jail where they could be guarded and watched by the jailer very carefully. And so this happened late at night. They weren't given a trial. They weren't given the proper uh, respect as citizens. And so this all happened late at night. And Luke shares with us in Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. They were overflowing with joyfulness in their speech. They were praying. And in their song, they were singing hymns to God. And look at this. This is so good. And the prisoners were listening to them. Paul and Silas knew that their praise in speech and song that their joyfulness by being filled by the Spirit in speech and in song was for them. It was to God, but it was also for others around them, specifically the other prisoners who were listening to them. And you know as well as I do, as Luke continues in this passage, he tells us the end of the story. And what happened? Well, as a result of their singing hymns to God and, and singing and praying to God and praising God. God said, an earthquake, the, door, the doors of the jail cells flew open. We know the jailer came in, he almost killed himself because he certainly thought everybody left. Paul and Silas hadn't left. And we know that the jailer and his entire family received God's gift of salvation by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And they were baptized by immersion and obedience to the word of God. Why God used Paul and Silas and his work and that jailer and the jailer's family's lives to bring them to faith and trust in Christ Jesus. Paul and Silas, in the midst of terrible circumstances, in the midst of painful circumstances, in the midst of unfair circumstances, Paul and Silas were filled by the Spirit of God. They were overflowing with joyfulness in their speech and in their song. And God used their testimony by the power of his Holy Spirit in them, in his work of saving the jailer and his family by his grace, their faith in Christ Jesus. A spirit-filled believer will overflow with joyfulness in speech and in song 
to the Lord day by day. Spirit-filled believers, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, will overflow with joyfulness in their speech and in their song to the Lord day by day as they relate with one another as members of God's family in Christ Jesus. I love what prominent pastor and author John Piper said, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And when we consider the greatness of God, when we consider how God blesses us and how God comforts us and how God encourages us and empowers us and forgives us and leads us and loves us and uses us every day throughout our day, how can we not give praise and honor and glory to our awesome and almighty God in our speech and in our songs? Now, more than ever, we need to be filled by the Spirit of God. God fills us with His Spirit as we surrender ourselves to Him day by day, as we surrender ourselves to Him right now. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. My brother and my sister in Christ Jesus, I want to encourage you right now, right there in your own home, right there where you're seated and you're watching with us online. I want to encourage you just to take a few moments and I want to encourage you to surrender yourself to the Lord once again, fresh and new this morning, to make sure every area of your life has been yielded and surrendered to God. I mean, every area of your life. He knows you best. He loves you most. He knows what he's doing. God will always do what is right and best for us. Yield every area of your life to him. Yield that fear, yield that anger, yield that frustration, yield the exhaustion, the discouragement, whatever the case may be, yield it, surrender it to the Father and allow him to begin to minister to you as he fills you with his Holy Spirit and as he fills you with his peace and love and mercy and grace in this time throughout this time of, of response to him. But listen, my friend, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we know and understand being filled by the Spirit begins at that point of surrender. And for you, that means to surrender your life to God by receiving God's gift of salvation, by placing your faith in Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us that we are all sinners and that our sin separates us from God and that there's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to get rid of our sin and to get to God on our own. We need help. We're in a desperate situation. We need a savior. We need someone who can take away our sin and bring us to God because our sin has separated us from God. And the payment of our sin is death apart from God in the very real place called hell. But we know the good news of the gospel message is simply this. Jesus is our savior. Jesus came to this earth years ago to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He lived a perfect life. He met God's demand for a perfect sacrifice to be made so that we who are imperfect and unholy could be made right with a perfect and holy God. Jesus lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death on the cross of Calvary in our place, paying the price for our sins. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he rose again alive, victorious over sin and death for you and for me. And so we know that there is no other way for us to enter into a relationship with God 
than through faith in the Son of God, Jesus Christ. God has given us the gift of salvation, the gift of love and life and eternal life, abundant life, new life with him by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. So let me encourage you, friend, right there where you're seated to receive God's gift of salvation this morning. You can do so by simply praying a prayer similar to this. Again, as we share each week, the prayer doesn't save anyone. God is the one who saves us because he's the one who's at work in us, drawing us to himself. But he wants us to confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. As we believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead so that we'll be saved. And so let me encourage you to pray a simple prayer like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior. And I believe Jesus is my savior. I believe Jesus took my place on the cross. I believe Jesus, having lived a perfect life, died a perfect death in my place, shedding his blood for me. I believe he was buried in the tomb, and on the third day he rose again, victorious over sin and death for me. And I believe Jesus is alive today, and he wants a relationship with me. And so as best as I know how, God, I respond to your work in my life right now. And I repent of my sins. God, I don't want to live my way any longer. I want to live your way. I confess my sins to you. God, I surrender my all to you. And I receive your gift of salvation in Christ Jesus. God, I receive the forgiveness of sins that can only come through the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. I receive that. And God, I ask you, to now fill me by your spirit and empower me to live my life for you day by day, moment by moment, step by step. Thank you, God, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, God, for saving me. Father God, I just pray right now for all my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Father, we thank you that you fill us by your spirit as we simply surrender ourselves to you. And so God, I pray that you would remind us this day and this week to surrender ourselves to you every day, all through the day. Father God, to confess our sins to you, to fill our minds with your word, to spend time in prayer with you throughout the day so that we might overflow with joyfulness in our speech and in our songs. God, help us to speak biblical, encouraging words to one another. Help us, Father God, by the power of your Holy Spirit to continue to give ourselves to Jesus, to give our time, our talents, and our treasures to you, God, to grow in our faith in Jesus so that we can continue to go in ministry and service and love to others for Jesus. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your blessings, and we ask you to fill us by your Holy Spirit, this day and this week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen.